pray with me? Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his desire to do your will. We thank you that he was willing to accept your wrath in order to save a people to himself. Father, we are great sinners, but Jesus is a great savior. Father, we pray in the next few minutes that you would please speak to our hearts through your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I think one of the greatest needs that each of us have is assurance, confidence that we're right with God, confidence that we won't fear condemnation or His wrath, confidence that nothing can break the relationship that we have with God. And so when the apostles pose that question, is it I? I wonder what they were hoping, what they were expecting in response. I think that what they were expecting was, of course not. No way is it you. It it can't be you. But at the same time, the apostles, whether they knew it or not, they were not as rock solid in their faith as they may have thought. And neither are you, and neither am I. We know that because just a few verses down from the verses that I read earlier, there there would be another announcement, an announcement that the apostles and and Peter himself would would deny Jesus. Let me, let me read for you Mark 14, 26-31. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter said to him, Even though they, they all fall away, I will not. Is it I? And Jesus said to him, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, twice you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And then the apostles, the others said the same thing. We're not going to deny you. Notice the self-confidence there and the self-assurance. Peter and the other apostles thought that denial was, was beyond the scope of possibility for them. Yet what happened? Well, we know what happened. According to Mark 14.50, we know that after Jesus was arrested, the apostles fled. And we also know from Mark 14, 16 through 72, the fate of Peter. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, you also were, were with the Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway and the rooster crowed. 
And the servant girl saw him, began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again, he denied it. And after a a little while, while the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them. You are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus has said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. Have you ever been there before? Completely broken? Completely broken before the Lord? Because maybe of some indiscretion, some sin, some trespass. And the question for all of us this evening is, where do you go? Where do you go during times of brokenness? Where do you go when you have collapses? Is it I? Where do you go? Where do I go? Answer, the cross. You go to the cross. You go to the death of Jesus. You go to the resurrection of Jesus during the times of self-condemnation and doubt and when your faith is barely hanging on. Where do you go? You go to the cross. And that's why sandwiched in between what we saw up here and the denial that would come later We have the institution of the Lord's Supper. Isn't that a perfect place? Right in between the announcement of a betrayal and the announcement of the denial, we have the institution of the Lord's Supper. And as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. The context of the institution of the Lord's Supper was at the Passover meal. And the Passover meal, as as many of you know, was a time to commemorate God's faithfulness to his people when he liberated them from bondage in in Egypt. And so he instituted the Passover meal so that they would never forget. And it was at this Passover meal where Jesus transformed that commemoration and he made it into the Lord's Supper. And it was very intentional that the Lord Jesus would transform the Passover meal into the Lord's Supper. Why? Because just as the Passover reminded God's people of his faithfulness, the Lord's Supper would do the same thing. Because we need assurance. I need assurance. You need assurance. We need confidence that when we're broken and when we fail, that we can look to something beyond ourselves. We can look to the cross. We can look to the work of Jesus Christ. 
And that's why as part of the very first Lord's Supper, Jesus took bread and, and blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to the apostles. And what did he say? He said, this is my body. This is my body. And the bread was not actually the body of Jesus. Rather, it was a symbol of Christ's body that was to be sacrificed on a cross on their behalf and by extension on our behalf. Again, do you need assurance tonight? Christ gave his body for us. He gave his very life for us. He gave his person for us. He gave his being for you and for me. He gave himself for you and for me. He died for you and for me so that we could live. And the bread was given to the apostles It was followed with the cup. And after he had given thanks for the cup, he gave the cup to the apostles and they drank. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Jesus knew that his purpose was to give his life as a ransom for many. He also knew that part of his calling was to die on a cross. And he knew that by the shedding of his blood, all who believe in him would have forgiveness of sin. And in the same way that the blood of a lamb sprinkled on the doorpost saved those from God's judgment in the days of Moses, so in the same way Christ's shed blood has the power to save you and me from our sin and to save us from death and judgment. Do you need assurance this evening? Remember Christ's blood shed for you. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace in his wounds. And by his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And how do we know? How do we know tonight that Christ Death was acceptable to God. How do we know? Because Jesus was raised from the dead. And one day we will drink this cup, not as a remembrance, but as a celebration with Jesus himself.